Hello, hello, and welcome to the Friday Vibe of the Vibe with Vic podcast. I'm your host, Vic, and welcome to your vibe. Are you going to ask me how I'm doing? Okay, great. I'm going to share. I'm doing fine. The last couple weeks, you haven't really heard from me. I mean, you heard from me earlier this week because of the Love is Blind bonus episode. But prior to that, if you've been waiting, yes, I know. Sometimes I take these like elongated breaks. But honestly, Minnesota hit like 80 to 87 degrees. You had to lean into it. Yes, I know it was only for like a a smidge of a time. But us Minnesotans, we have to take advantage of it. So you know what we did? We walked, we ran, we grilled, we patioed. We did it all, okay? And then Mother Nature turned our back on us, stuck her middle finger up at us and said, you know what, I'm going to give you some more snow. And I really want to fight that bitch, okay, because I'm tired of her. I don't care if she hears me right now. I just needed to not snow anymore. All of us, we tired. We've been tired. It's almost May. We don't want to see any more snow. We want to see some sun. We are, I think we're actually graded and rated as number one health and wealth in the nation and you know why because we have so many fucking trails around here that we want to get a part of but we can't do that because there's snow on the ground right i mean it's disappearing thank god but we don't need any more of that we want to do we want our toes to be showing to anybody who wants to look at them some people need to lean into a pedicure i'm not gonna lie but not me because i get them once a month but i'm saying some people They want to do it. Like, we want to be out here, short shirts, short shorts, sunnies on, hair out, no jackets. That's what we want to be. Okay, that was long. Anyways, how this pod episode is going to roll is that uh, I'm going to tell you a really random fucking story. (laughs) It's, your mouths are going to open. I guarantee it. And then we're going to talk about some pop culture, some show updates, and then we're going to lean into Summer House, Real Housewives of New Jersey, and we're going to end it with VPR. Okay? So let's first and four talk about this short story. Okay. I really cannot get this one off my mind. So I am so short of being a gym rat. When I'm on, I'm on and consistent. But when I fall off, I really fall the fuck off. But I was on the talk of the tick. And a guy stated he went to the doctor because he thought he had pink eye. And it turned out he had chlamydia. So dude told the doctor he hadn't had sex in three or four months. And then the doctor posed a scenario of someone who sweated on a seat, leaves, Dude comes up, places his towel on the seat. He sweats and proceeds to wipe his eyes with the towel that's laying on the sweaty seat and boom, chlamydia. Listen, gems are disgusting. And this is why I always wipe my face with my shirt. This is also why I wear underwear under my black fucking leggings. I don't give a hot single fuck 
about underwear lines. Make fun of me. I don't care. I like full coverage. I love to feel secure. Not like you're sweating. You're sweating in areas. So when I hear people are like, I don't even wear underwear under my leggings when I go to the gym. That's disgusting to me. That's just me. If that's you, if you like to roll like that, do you. But whoever was rolling like that in this gym that this dude goes to gave him chlamydia in his eye. (laughs) And this is why I always wipe the fucking machine down, okay? The way people feel about potlucks and not knowing what Bob and Sally's sink or house looks like is the same way I feel about gym equipment. People are nasty, And this is a prime example, everybody, why you should wipe the area before you decide to sweat on it. I mean, I digress. I know that for Friday in the morning, this wasn't something random you wanted to think about, but I had to share it because it was so bizarre. Like, it's bizarre. And I love me some talk of the tick. I love me. Okay, so um, let's move forward. Let's talk about pop culture. So obviously, for the people who watched Love is Blind, for the people who didn't watch Love is Blind, don't plan on watching Love is Blind, don't give a fuck about it, you might want to skip over this slight part. So I'm going to say that I followed up and watched, not watched, I listened to Nick Vile's podcast where he spoke with Marshall and he spoke with Micah. And here are my takeaways. Marshall's very intelligent. Like, I mean, I learned a lot about him. I learned about a lot about labels and labeling people. And it makes sense. So in Marshall's eyes, he doesn't think Jackie's toxic, but she has toxic tendencies. I mean, he brought up the ring and how he designed it. And he made sure it was Jackie's to Jackie's liking. So wanting the ring back had nothing to do with like pawning it because they don't pay for their rings. And I'm actually... I'm not really surprised by that, but I am surprised by that because again, you only get paid $8,000 to be on Love is Blind. So where are they finding the budget? But again, it's Netflix. They have money. Um, He just wanted to keep it because it was a personal touch. And I just, he didn't really understand why Jackie wanted to keep it because she kept on dogging the fuck out of him when she's now with Josh. It just didn't make sense to him. Also, this was Marshall's second engagement. He is 27 now. He was 26 when he proposed to Jackie. And prior to that, he proposed to somebody else when he was like 20, 21 years old. So Marshall loves being in love. Um, He also discussed, because on the bonus episode, the very first part, I mentioned like, would the real... Marshall, please stand up because I felt like he had controlling uh, tendencies. I felt like um, I felt like he had this nature to him that I just ah, I didn't like. I didn't really like. There was something off about him, and he mentioned that him and Josh were really close in the pods, and Josh never mentioned to him that he was interested in Jackie. So that's why he was pissed. So all in all, he was really nice, really respectful. Um, and even Nick was, he was doing 
what he could. Like, I was like, Nick, you should be the host. Not Nick Lachey. Nick Vile should be the host of the reunion. Should have been the host of the reunion. We would have gotten more from him. But hey, next, it was Micah. I couldn't finish this episode because Micah's, well, Nick's voice and... And, and, and Micah, it, she just is deny, 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 deny. She's still acting like she's the victim. She's still friends with the most toxic people like Irina and fucking Shelby. Like, I, I just, it wasn't worth it. You know, I was, it was intense. I was getting excited because I've obviously been invested. I went off the rails, obviously, watching it. But anyways, that's just of the pop culture aspect of it. Um, another thing that's come up has been about Jonathan Majors. We've all have heard about it, all the allegations and stuff like that. I don't know how and where I'm going to take that type of discussion. I haven't figured it out yet because I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to do my due diligence so I can actually talk about it. Um, and a lot of people be like, there's not much to talk about his careers over, but there are a lot of things to talk about it. I mean, there's layers to this shit. He he was doing really well. And then all of a sudden it was just like the demise of his career over his behavior. And I'm still trying to understand it. And I've been having conversations with people. So yeah, I will circle back on Jonathan Majors, but not this episode. All right. Um, let's move on to show updates. Okay. So I want to give a shout out to my friend, Angie. So she didn't really understand that the obsession that I had with love is blind meant that anything else that you were trying to recommend me wasn't, didn't stand a chance. I didn't get, like, I don't care. I needed to watch the last episodes of Love is Blind. So anything else that you were trying to recommend me, I wasn't trying to watch, okay? But I had a moment. So I finished watching the last episodes prior to the, the reunion meltdown of Love is Blind. And she was like, girl, you really have to watch this show. This limited series called Obsession on Netflix. And let me tell you something. This storyline is so intense and so fucked up. It's like, but you're so glued to it. I think it's like four or five episodes. The the scenes are top tier. Some of you who are vanilla are not going to you're not going to like these sex scenes. But some of you who like to, you know, take your shit up a level will appreciate these sex scenes. This show is not for children. It's not even for teenagers. It is strictly for adults. I mean, if y'all have watched Sex Life, this is like Sex Life, but shorter and more dark. Again, storyline's fucked up. Storyline is thrilling. It's intense, it's passionate, and I was glued, and I finished it, and I think I need to tell you guys to take some time out of your day. If that means putting little Johnny and little Susie to bed early, and you sitting next to your significant other watching this, that's great. If you want to sit there and watch it by yourself, you should. You should watch it by yourself. It's good. Let's move forward. 
on a lighter note, if any of you have a freebie, which is, used to be IMDb, um, you should really lean into a show called Jury Duty. That shit is hilarious. I haven't laughed at a comedy like this, I mean, since Abbott Elementary, um, in a long time. It has great banter. The concept is that everybody is an actor except for one person. I'm telling you guys, if you haven't seen this, I'm only on the third episode and it's given me life. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. I feel like I'm one of the jurors uh, because of the commentary. And that's all I'll say. Just kind of, you know, lean into it. For all you home garden TV people, there's a new show. It's been on for a couple weeks now. It's called Renovation 911. It's set in Minnesota, and the cast consists of two sisters and contracting, designing, insurance scope. Like They take on clients who have gone through a disaster, whether that be like water, fire, etc. You get the picture. It's okay. I'm invested. I'm, of course, like supporting because it's in the great state of Minnesota. So, or... Yeah, I think you guys should take a look, you know. It's something that you could vacuum to if you want to. I'm actually watching it on the background while I record this episode because that's all I need. So, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so I've taken about 13 minutes of your time right now. I'm going to take a quick break. Come back and let's talk Summer House. Okay, I know it's been a couple weeks since I've recapped or spoke about any Summer House episode, but I'm actually kind of glad I did. I think my opinions would be different than what they are right now. I know that I've been very hard on Lindsay, but I've had a slight epiphany, and I need you to hear me out. I'm still Team Danielle, but I think Danielle is going through it due to a couple of things. Her relationship with Robert is falling apart before our very eyes, on top of her friendship with Lindsay looking different. I'll say this. People can look at all the socials for guidance on what on when it's like proper for certain things to happen, but at the end of the day, you're in charge of your relationship timeline, and not everyone's relationship will look the same, and friends have to respect that. So Lindsay and Carl... They've known each other for years, and Carl's had a big life event happen that his perspective on life and his happiness looks different than what it would look like three years ago. Do I still feel like he's trying to find himself? Of course. Do I feel like Lindsay's trying to adjust to the new version of Carl? Yes. Does that give her a reason to be a bad friend? No. I've never thought Lindsay was a good friend to Danielle, ever. She's not ride or die, and I know from my own experience that there are levels and expectations from each and every person you consider a close friend, right? Danielle has high expectations in a friendship with Lindsay, whereas Lindsay is like, she cool, she'll speak up if there's something wrong. They're not on the same page as they used to. And I think in Danielle's mind, it would be an even playing field. Like, she'd have her relationship 
and Lindsay would have hers and they double date and life isn't aligning in that way and we're watching it unfold. So, so many levels and realizations going on at the same time. Watching Lindsay awkwardly hug Danielle while she cries had like me as a viewer feeling like things were good only to come back this week's episode for Lindsay to circle back and say what she needs to say because Lindsay needs to have the last word. Lindsay is selfish. If she's not right, no one is. And it's hard for me to be on the hub train due to how fucked up I couldn't align with like her behavior. Like that's just it. Like, and do I try to hear other people's perspectives on Lindsay? Yes. Do I agree with them 100%? No. Obviously, I might agree with them maybe about 25, maybe 35%. It never, ever gets above the 50%. And that's just where we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Okay? I'm exhausted of them. Next, let's talk about Sierra. Let me tell you something about Sierra. Sierra has been working my nerves this season her fucking attitude at watch what happens live was (sighs) it's just so trash to me like she thinks maybe I should say it she has this like thing about her that I feel like she feels like she's better than Gabby And although, like, Gabby's, I feel like Gabby's 98% unbothered, it bothers me that Sierra cannot find it in her heart to have a conversation with Gabby. And here's my theory. Make it short and sweet for y'all. Paige brought Gabby on the show. So my theory is, if Sierra's nice to Gabby, and Gabby starts hanging out with her, Paige, Amanda, and Maya, then Paige will gravitate more towards Gabby. Now, this could be a long shot, but we've seen Sierra go off on an emotional roller coaster, pissing on her territory when it came to Austin. So who's to say she wouldn't do the same with Paige? That might be a single black female type shit, if y'all remember that movie or whatever, but the math is not mathing in this. And I get that Sierra's redeeming herself from last year, from looking like a complete fucking utter idiot. We've all been there. We've all been there. I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. And it was on TV, so I get it. But this energy that she's bringing this season, I'm not vibing with it. I'm not vibing with it a hundred percent. I can tell you when she's fun, she's fun. But when she's not, she's not. And sometimes I want to be like, hold on, girl. Let's remember how you came on the show. You were sucking Luke's dick. Let's let's not forget that. Okay. Let's keep it let's keep it real. Okay. We like that you're here. Don't wear out your welcome. Next. I love Kyle. Listen, I love the energy of him turning 40. He's a big kid. I love how he leans into every single character and theme that he has for parties. Kyle is really trying. I think all the ladies love him. 
except for Lindsay, maybe a little bit. But Kyle's being Kyle, and he keeps the group together, and I love that for him. And I love that he turned 40 with that long mullet. It seems to be um, a trend, especially in Minnesota and hockey scene. Hockey season is over, but it's really not. Hockey really runs all year round. Next, Sam and Corey. I'm actually warming up to them. They match each other's energy, and if she can be herself around him, then that's all that matters. Sam has had a rough patch, you know, the way that Maya spoke to her. I didn't really appreciate that when Maya was like completely the 180 last year. Like, but I am loving the fact that we have not seen Maya lately. I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) is, is that mean of me? Maybe. Next page and Greg. I love them together, and I will continue to reiterate that you are in charge of your relationship timelines. I believe the point of contingency for the two of them will be where the main place will be and where the vacation home will be. Craig is currently an, an investor to a new restaurant in New York, so that was smart on his behalf, but Sewing Down South is located in Charleston. So... The best thing for the both of them is that they have their own careers. And I believe that that is the reason why their relationship works as well as it does. Because they're not up under each other all the time. So it's interesting. Like, Paige needs time. I don't see Paige and Craig getting married anytime soon. I, I give it... A, maybe about six to a year before he proposes and then another year for them to actually like get married. But I do like them together. All right. So that was Summer House. Let's see where we're at. Let's kind of move into um, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, and I'm I'm going to be popping all over the place when it comes to Jersey because again, I'm trying to like not elongate things, but I'm trying to just kind of take the pieces that have resonated with me in the past couple weeks. Okay, so Pizzagate. It's been, what, a couple weeks because of that? I feel like Joe and Melissa have been vindicated. Joey wanted to bring the family back together, and Teresa went behind his back and pulled some bullshit that <laughs> she changed the name of the product from Nono's to Skinny Italian, which is her brand, And, of course, she didn't communicate that because Teresa doesn't know how to communicate properly. We don't need to go in deeper into that. To go even further, she took pictures of her daughters and placed it on the oven. Like, you can't help but see. Like, if the facts are facting, it's hard to believe some things that are coming out of her mouth and making it seem like Joey is, like, he, it's his fault. He's at fault or anything. I'm not saying that he's not at fault for other things because they're both very, very toxic people and they get it from their parents. God rest their soul. Okay. But the more things that come out about Pizzagate, the more it's looking like Joe and Melissa were on the right end of this and not on 
the wrong end, if you know what I'm saying. So let's kind of push up and talk about this episode that just aired this past week. Dolores, I, you know, she's in love and we all love that for her. I, I love how she's staying out of drama. She only speaks up when she needs to. Uh, she's just a, uh, just a surrounding, you know, just a listening ear. And that's, you know, it's a, it's a breath of fresh. This is the one thing that I did notice. When the ladies were sitting at lunch and Dolores went in deep about her relationship with Paul, and I think it was either Jen Aiden who asked her or it was Rachel Fessler. Not Fessler, Rachel Fessler, bitch. Hold on a sec. Jen Fessler, Rachel Fuda. Okay, so when Rachel asked her, is there, you know, a possibility of marriage or whatever, and when Dolores was talking about her relationship with Paul, like the possibility of marriage, how their relationship has floored, you could tell it bothered Teresa that the attention wasn't on her. If I'm the only person that noticed that, then I guess I'm the only person that knows that. But if you rewind and you see how Dolores was talking and then the camera veered over to Teresa and how she looked at Dolores, you could tell that she did not like that the attention wasn't on her. Granted, this is supposed to be her bachelorette party. I understand. But we can take a moment and not talk about Teresa and Louie. Okay? We can do that. Maybe like a, a five minute to talk about other people and their relationships because it's not always about you, right? Okay. Let's move forward. Um, Jen Fessler. I know most of people, like mo a lot of people don't like Jen Fessler. I like her. I appreciated her story about her and her husband's infidelity and how they found their way back to each other. I wasn't surprised, though, that most of the ladies stated that cheating isn't a deal breaker. That's, you know, nobody knows what it's like to be cheated on and what they would do in that situation. 100% understand. When Dolores ex explained her strength, working through Frank's infidelity and how she overcame that, like, this is, these moments that they had, and this was on, like, the bus, the moments that they had talking about the real perspectives of like things that have happened in their life. And we got that from Dolores, Jen, and even Teresa. Those are the things that I'm like, this is a great moment. These, they've gone through some real ass shit that, you know, it makes you kind of just appreciate them a little bit more. Um, let's move on to Rachel Fuda. She's not my favorite. I don't hate her, but I don't love her, you know? She does start some shit, but she stands in it, you know what I mean? She does have a backbone, and you have to respect someone for that, especially in their first season of being a housewife. Like, she doesn't let people shake her, even though I feel like she kind of let Danielle shake her a little bit, but she stood in it, and she, like, this whole thing about the rat. Like, who knows the definition of a rat? Like, I mean, I do, and it's far from anything the housewives have ever said to each other in any dinner, trip, or other event. I mean, I connect a rat to someone ratting on someone else, and that person's going to go to jail or die due to running their mouths. 
it's deeper than that. And I just, I feel like when it comes to Danielle and this whole situation, I really wish she would just observe more than run her mouth when it's unnecessary. Um, I just feel like Danielle is very biased against Margaret and always has been since day ones due to Jen and Teresa. Like, I just feel like Danielle hanging out with Jen isn't really good for her. It's just not, it's not giving me life. It's like Jen is putting in a quarter to a game that she really doesn't know all the capabilities to it. You know, I don't know if that was a great analogy, but I hope y'all are following like, whatever. Anyways, Marge, dear Margaret, you know, Marge barely has a storyline this season. And I do think she has a lot on the ladies. She's smart. And Jen does have a reason to be upset with Marge. But that doesn't mean she has to pour her bias onto Danielle. I mean, Danielle is drinking all the Kool-Aid that Jen is giving her. And I feel like next episode, it's going to explode. I don't want to see Danielle cry. She might need to have to drop a tear because... When Margaret comes at you, she's not going to come at you at surface level. Like, she's going to cut deep. Like, you're going to need stitches. You know what they say? Bitches get stitches. Okay, let's hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) At the end of the day, all these ladies, they talk shit about each other. Some talk more than others, you know. I did notice something. When they were in Ireland and they were trying on the diamonds and Melissa was like, Joe would be upset if I came home with diamonds from Ireland. I mean, that kind of speaks volumes. What's, I mean, the fuck? Are you guys, you guys are probably all wearing blood diamonds. Like, I mean, I can't. I can't. Y'all, y'all be doing so much. And of course, let's just kind of circle back on this Teresa, Melissa thing. Them sitting on, you know, I call it a bus, but whatever it's called, the van. So, (sighs) this all stemmed from when Teresa was talking about how she fell out of love with Joe Judice. I can't speak for today for shit. Um, you know, Rachel Fuda, she always has to ask that burning question. Whoever's her producer, high fucking five because <laughs> she's doing a lot this season. Maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> but she is asking the questions. So she asked the burning question, are you and Melissa's girls close? Or not you, are your girls and Melissa's girls close? In which Teresa accuses and drops Antonia's name for not attending Milani's Sweet 16. This is where I kind of get confused, okay? Teresa's daughter, Adriana, is in competitive dance. And Gabriella is in traveling soccer. And those are two big commitments that Teresa literally travels with her daughters too. So it's confusing to me when Melissa like explains why Antonia couldn't attend Melania's Sweet 16 due to Antonia's cheer competition. You would think that Teresa would be an adult about it and explain it to her daughters why Antonia had a prior commitment and why she couldn't attend. I mean, it's it's giving move your calendar around for my daughters because they're more important than your daughter. That's what it's giving. Then 
The kicker is Teresa's in her confessional. She goes off track. She starts talking about how, you know, I never said that Tonya was disrespectful, like how Joe and Melissa said that Gia was disrespectful. Gia is disrespectful. I understand kids are off limits. limits. Gia is an adult, so I can't. She slides into grown folk and family business. And honestly, she puts her two cents in and those two cents are going to get her mother bankrupt. Let's not forget, Gia told her mother not to get a prenup with Louie. That is a prime example that even though Gia has grown up all around the toxicity, that she should take the other path like her sisters and literally stay the fuck out of it. Just... Maybe guide your mother to read some self-help books. You know what I mean? I just, the one thing about Teresa, and I said to you guys that this season, I wasn't going to like just tear Teresa to pieces. I said I wasn't going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But the one thing that just drives me in fucking sane is that Teresa always mentions love, love, love. Yet she takes no accountability for her toxic behavior. I can't wait till the reunion because I really feel like I just have a feeling that this reunion is going to be one for the books. And I, I don't I don't blame Melissa for calling Joe and airing out her grievances and laying the possibility of her and Joe not going to the wedding. I mean, shit, why waste time with people who don't respect you? So I feel like the things that are going to be coming out, the rat's going to come out on the reunion um, Pizzagate's going to be definitely spoken about. Ireland is going to be talked about probably to a tiring moment. Um, those are going to be like the main things. I think there's going to be a lot of crosstalk between Marge and Jen. And when Marge finds out that Jen was the one that fueled Danielle, that's going to be even something. Danielle's going to be yelling at the reunion. It's going to be a lot, but I'm here for it. I'm 100% here for it. All right. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about VPR, and then I'm going to let y'all go. Stay tuned. Van Der Pump rules. I don't have much. Um, we, Sheena's married. It was a beautiful wedding. I didn't crack a tear, but I thought it was really, really beautiful. That's pretty much what I have to say about Sheena's <laughs> wedding. Let's talk about shorts. You know, I just want to let everybody know that I still feel that Schwartz is a clown. He's so mean to Katie. I can't believe that she lasted 10 years with him. Anytime Katie gives pushback to Schwartz is the moment his mood, demeanor, comments change from soft to sharp. Like, I will continue to say the reason the Toms get along so well is because they're one and the same. Both are narcissistic. Just one of them is on a higher level than the other. But to think about Schwartz and Sandoval, the confrontation they had about the delay in the opening of the restaurant in front of Lisa, scored Schwartz maybe about a half a point. He made zero eye contact with Sandoval to get what was bothering him off his chest. 
because the way Sandoval was glaring at him to shut the fuck up was telling. You can tell when Sandoval does not get his way or get what he wants, he storms out. It is so... The flashlight on his behavior is so telling this season, obviously because we're all observing it on a continuous, every time we get a chance, everything that shows up on the socials and stuff like that, he just continues to show more and more why he's just not a good person. Um, next up, you know, Lala, it was her birthday this past episode and I know a lot of people might not like Lala either. They don't like how reckless her mouth is, but I love it. I love how she just shuts some people the fuck down. When she explains, like, in a podcast, separate from the show, like, the trauma she went through leaving Randall, I can't help but be happy for her and all that she's overcome. He was emotionally and verbally abusive to her. And I will always clap for someone who takes the initiative to leave a toxic relationship. So I am glad that she enjoyed her birthday. I'm glad that she had boundaries. Uh, I'm happy that Ariana and Tom showed up. But that does kind of lead me into the next thing I'm going to talk about, and it's production. As we're leading up to seeing the collapse of Tom and Ariana's relationship, it's very clear production knew about the affair. Editing is like, putting the puzzle together, and as they're putting it together piece by piece on a weekly basis, I can't help but dislike and observe Raquel and Tom more. They really thought they were hiding it well. You know what I mean? And I know that there are a lot of different perspectives, some feeling bad for how much Tom took advantage of Raquel. And to be honest, I think some viewers are giving Tom too much credit. Like, Raquel may be acting sweet and acting like, you know, she's hurt by what Lala says or even like all the ladies and her feelings are valid in that sense. But does that give you the right to lean into sleeping with one of the ladies who treat you with respect? Like make it make sense because it never will. It never will. Like I don't, I can't look at Raquel and be like, she's a victim. I, I can't do that. I never have looked at her. I think that she went at this in a very spiteful mindset. I think she was upset. I think she was like, hey, like, if you think I can't do this, just watch me, you know, just to prove a point. And now she's, she's going to walk herself into a mental facility because people are eating her alive on, on the socials. And I love what I love reading it. I love it. But we also know that we won't see the real drama till the end of May. So that's what I read. I think that was announced. I, I don't know if it's like the it's definitely the middle to the end of May when all like the real drama starts happening. So I feel like any of the episodes between now and the time that the real drama happens, those are fillers for me. Will I continue to watch? Of course. But they will it, like they definitely need to speed speed it up like i'm i'm losing it for it you know i just kind of have it in the background just trying to like eh, hey what's going on i'm watching but i'm just saying so okay that's that's it you guys that's that's all i have 
I, <laughs> I hope you guys didn't hear me just burp into your fucking ear, but um, I do hope you enjoyed vibing with me. Make sure to tell your friends who love reality TV and random-ish to hop on the Vibe with Vic train. And if you haven't already, leave a rating on either Apple or Spotify's platform. Uh, either way, you guys, I appreciate y'all. Um, until next time, stay classy. Cheers. Thank you.